Welcome to the Digital Coffee Date, created and hosted by Jessica Rosado, writer, producer, content creator, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your weekly inspirational dose of incredible women who are making a powerful global footprint. Our conversations feature different women from all walks of life who share their experiences through both successes and failures alike. These stories empower and encourage the female footprint in a society originally structured for them to fail, whether it be through philanthropy, entrepreneurship, or even the corporate ladder, women are creating a global footprint that will impact the future. This week's digital coffee date comes all the way from London with keynote speaker, coach, and the founder of Grow, Cara Jane Lynch. It's so wonderful to have you on the show today. Hi, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Cara, you are the founder of Grow. Can you tell us what this mission is all about? Yeah, so Grow stands for um, Girls Realizing Opportunities Within. So it's a project that I've created for teenage girls between the age of 15 to 19. And it's all about helping them to develop their self-belief, discover their potential and make empowered life choices going forward. That's incredible. So you're also a speaker and a coach. How does your mission and passion that you have shine through your keynote speaking and coaching? Well, I think that it's all kind of linked. My passion is really, I get so excited about just inspiring people, empowering people to make choices that 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 is good for them, go after the things that they desire, stop holding themselves back from things. Um, so I think it all ties in because when I'm coaching women, it's really about helping them to gain clarity on what they want to do in life, their purpose and overcome limit, uh, limiting beliefs. So the beliefs that are holding them back from actually going after the things that they want to do. Um, and I think that ties into what I do with the girls as well, because it's all about belief. I'm really into like mindset, beliefs, um, the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and how this impacts our behaviors. So that's what I talk about when I speak. That's what I coach around. And that's what the Project for Girls is basically also around. I think that's so valuable because, you know, I th- I think all of us, we always have, whether it's our past experiences or current stuff that we're going through, we tell ourselves so many things throughout the day. And it's really, really important, like you said, like those those beliefs that we end up having about ourselves, um, they're kind of sometimes they they start out so negative mm-hmm. and it's almost like you have to retrain and restructure your mind to say you know i am worthy of this or i am you know deserving of this or i can do this i can make this happen and to be able to have someone to kind of coach you through that i think is extremely valuable yeah you're so right i think that a lot of the times the beliefs that we hold are very subconscious We don't even know that they're there. We don't actually know how they are impacting us. And it can be from childhood or things that we've experienced in the past that have um, developed into these belief systems and this identity that we create for ourselves and these stories that we have around what we can and can't do and what other people are going to think and say. And we 
allow ourselves to be held back in so many different areas a lot of the time because of these subconscious beliefs. And I think the first step in, in overcoming any of the beliefs that are holding us back is awareness because a lot of times people aren't actually even aware of the things that they actually say to themselves in their mind, that um, inner critic, that inner critical voice that we have that's constantly on on replay, on repeat each day. Um, so definitely I think having that, building that awareness is, is key in even beginning to work on any of the beliefs that we do hold about ourselves. That's very true. And I think those beliefs and, and the things that we end up ha- having about ourselves, it can translate into almost any area of your life. I think through your relationships, things come up of, you know, whether they transform into insecurities or, you know, these, these limiting beliefs you have about yourself as a partner, it translates into, you know, um, your career. Are you worthy of this promotion? Are you worthy to ask for what you need? And, you know, there's so many things that it, it trickles down into. And, and I think you're absolutely right in terms of the subconscious, because most of the time we don't know what we have. And it's through, things like, you know, coaching, things like therapy that we find ourselves learning about, you know, why we do the things we do, why we believe the things we believe in order to now change and restructure that so that we can be successful in many different areas of our lives. A hundred percent. And the good thing is that we can reframe the beliefs. We can, you know, work on them and overcome them. So you're right. They, it, it can impact so many different areas of our lives without us being aware or even with us being aware. Um, but a lot of times people don't necessarily know how to reframe that belief or change that belief or challenge that belief that they hold about themselves or about other people or about situations and circumstances. Um, but the power is it's great that there is that ability within us all to build new belief systems and change the old pattern of thinking and the old patterns of behaviors that aren't serving us anymore towards our purpose or where we want to be or where we want to go or the relationship that we, we want to have. Um, so yeah, it, it can be changed and that's, that's always a good thing to know. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the positive and the silver lining in exactly. digging deep within yourself, right? I mean, it, things are, you know, the, the fact that you are able to overcome and it's a lot, I know personally, it's a lot of work yeah. uh, restructuring your mindset and it's almost uh, like an exercise, a practice where you have to constantly tell yourself, you know, the opposite of what your brain immediately goes to. But in order to do, to even begin that work, it's like you said, you have to be aware that it's even happening. The, the, the thing is that that inner critic that we all have, it, it's not even our fault a lot of the times because we take on beliefs that maybe have been passed down to us or things that we've seen and experienced. And when you think about being a baby, babies have no in- inhibitions. They have no confidence issues. You know, they will stare you right in the face and not look away and have no problem with, you know, having food all down them. And, you know, we, at that point, they haven't been programmed to, to care about perceptions or to be, uh, be so focused on opinions or 
have been programmed in ways that are going to stop them from doing things. You know, they will they will cr- uh, crawl and try and walk a hundred times and fall back down and still get back up and go again. Whereas I think when you get to a certain age, you start to really take on board what you're seeing around you and you start to create your own um, interpretations of that and you start to see pers- pers- how people are perceiving you and all of these things start to create your identity. Um, and yeah, I, I think one key thing is just understanding that that inner critic, that inner voice that we all have that tells us we can't do it or we're not enough, it's actually trying to keep us safe. It's trying to, you know, we we remember past experiences, for example, where, oh no, remember the last time that you, you did that? You remember how that turned yes. out? And remember you got anxious at that? And remember how embarrassing that was? And your your mind, this inner critic, this voice tries to protect you it's just there to kind of protect you and help you to survive rather than helping you to thrive and the this thing is like we we can't necessarily think it's the enemy because it is actually there to protect us Mm -hmm. but we have to understand it's kind of like a misguided friend that (laughs) wants to help but but (laughs) thank you for trying to help but actually you're you're a little bit too loud right now and you're you're not exactly what I need in this in this moment right. so yeah <laughs> that is so true I love thinking about it like that a misguided friend <laughs> it's like you know you don't want to go there you don't want to do this thing remember exactly what you said remember what happened last time mm-hmm. when and and again that that goes into so many different areas even relationships even career you know you have certain circumstances where especially I, f- I find in relationships where you know your brain is is always on this high alert mode like uh, uh, uh whoa, 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 come back come back come back because you don't want to get hurt and there's so many there's so much value in that little voice um and but it's true that uh, it can definitely be a bit misguided and i think it's working through you know where that voice is coming from and which experiences that voice has been developed from mm-hmm. in order to understand okay this i get what you're saying but this is okay for me or i get what you're saying but this is this is okay to 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 jump off of this career cliff per se and dive in and, and, you know, really, really figure it out and, you know, work through these things. And, and, um, and it's so funny. I I just, when you said misguided friend, I just like pictured (laughs) this friend that's like just giving you the wrong advice and you're like, wait, uh, no, that's not. And you have to be the one and it's your own voice. So you have to be the one that battles that in the same sentence, you know, it can be very exhausting. (laughs) It really can. (laughs) And, and coming back to friends, I mean, even we all have those kind of friends where, you know, you might be really excited about this new thing that you're going to try and do. And you really feel like this is for me. And then you tell it to someone and then they bring all their fears and all of their um, perceptions and everything that they carry into it. And what about this? And are you sure you want to do that? Because then what about that and what if this happens and we can then take on their fears and stop ourselves as well so it's also important who we share our kind of visions with and who we kind of allow our energy to to be around and what energy we allow to ourselves to take on as well that's very very true you know a lot of times you can surround yourself with the wrong people and you know and it's just like you said it could even be a good friend of yours but because they have their own experiences and their own insecurities and their Mm -hmm. own things that they're shaped by now that's being projected on you and um, and I think it's important to kind of realize 
realize when that happens and, you know, you can take it, you know, can, can, can take what they say, take their criticism or their opinions. And, you know, then you kind of navigate your own choices, you know, um, just because mm-hmm. it's a great friend of yours or even a family member who cares about you deeply doesn't mean that everything they say is for you. Yeah. And it's not necessarily them trying to bring a negative energy. Right. But it, they're just being honest about what they feel about the situation. Yes. And that's why it's really important to get even more acquainted with your intuition, your feelings, what you really desire. Because a lot of times we, we cover up the things that we desire. A lot to do with fear because we think that we can't attain it or we we don't deserve it or people will laugh at us or people will judge us or what will what will this person think what about this situation and the people that we are around and things that we consume I always say that it's important what you're consuming because once you have something that you desire or a belief system that you want to change you have to be be sure to consume things that are supportive of your vision. Yes. You really have to ensure that whatever you're taking in is supportive of the vision that you have for yourself. So whether it be relationships or whether it be, you know, relationship advice or career advice, or maybe you're listening to things or consuming things or reading things. And it's important that we don't just mindlessly take on what we're, what we're seeing around us, but really realize is this supportive of, the vision that I have for myself is this supportive of my highest vision, highest, grandest vision that I have for my life, for my relationships, for my this and that. And once you start to think like that and have that awareness, yes. then you're much more protective of your energy <laughs> and your inner, I call it your inner courts, almost like that inner gate. Yeah, people can say things, but are you going to allow it into your inner courts, that sacred place within within all of us. Yes, absolutely. So much like many of us, we are faced with a particular catalyst that really launches us to pursue our mission. So what would you say your catalyst or turning point was that led you to creating, grow and pursuing coaching? That's a good question. I um, always thought to myself, I want to run a business. That was from young, I, I always kind of had that plan. And for me, what that looked like, because I just thought the, the the thing to do is to go and study business. So I went and studied business and I found myself having an internship in um, a big firm up in the city of London. And during the time there, I really felt that I was building someone else's dream. Like I didn't know who the, because it was a really big company. I didn't know who the CEO was. I knew that that CEO didn't know me. I didn't know everyone who was in the company. And I felt like I wasn't really important in the grand scheme of what was happening in that organization. So that's what I studied when I went to college. And here in London, you go to college and then you go to university. So when I went to university, I thought to myself, I want to do something where I feel that I'm impacting other people and not just building someone else's dream. And I can't just do something where I know that I'm getting money, but I don't feel that my soul is fulfilled. I am satisfied. My purpose is being, you know, ignited within me. Now, I at that point didn't know what my purpose was, but I I knew what energized me. And my parents ran a youth group at the time. And um, 
I felt that when I was helping out in that youth group, I was really energized and I felt like I was helping and inspiring people. And I felt like this is something that I want to do, but maybe in a different kind of way. So when I went to university, I studied um, applied social sciences, youth and community development studies. And for me, I didn't I still didn't know what I was going to do with it. all. I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. And for a long time, I worked in a job that I didn't really like, even after university. But within that, so I worked in a college at the time, and the, I, I loved the stu- like the students in the college, but I didn't particularly like my job, my role at the time. And I would find that young girls would, I would see young girls and I would speak to a lot of the girls in the college, um, and they'll come to me with certain issues that they were having, maybe relationship issues or self-esteem issues. And I could 100% relate because I had these same confidence issues when I was growing up I didn't I had poor body image I didn't believe in myself I was so impacted by people's opinions my life was like an emotional roller coaster because I always say when you are so focused on other people's opinions and that impacts what you do you will live life like you were on a roller coaster up and down up and down up and down and I saw this in myself but I also saw it in a lot of the young girls at the time when I was working in the college that would come and speak to me etc and I remember saying one day I want to start something that's that's going to touch on these issues that's going to help girls like who how I was when I was younger the person that I wished kind of I had to you know I had my family and they're amazing but there's certain things when you're a young teenager that you maybe don't speak about or you're not so open with. Um, so yeah, I kind of developed this desire to help girls. And then as I grew older, I say older, but you know, then it transpired also into helping women. And um, I saw the common theme in a lot of the people that I worked with was that they just didn't believe they were enough. And I know we hear this a lot, we hear this whole thing of you are enough, you are enough, but we don't actually understand that a lot of the things that we hold ourselves back from is because that belief, that intrinsic belief within us that we aren't worthy of it. We aren't worthy of it. We aren't valuable enough or we aren't good enough. My story that I created in my head a lot of the times when I was, you know, growing up was that I'm not experienced enough. I don't have, you know, all of these mm, things that are yeah. just not enoughness. Um, so having experienced it myself and seen it in a lot of the people, the girls and the women around me, I saw that this is a real need and I'm really passionate about it. See, when you see something that you, you feel you're passionate about, you mix it with something that you feel that you're good at, because I felt I was quite good at public speaking and teaching. Um, so my, my passion was that what I felt I was good at was speaking and teaching and what I felt was needed in the world was more inspiration, more empowerment, and yeah, create all that together, and and then you <laughs> you have a job there waiting for yeah, you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of how it how it went for me. So, what would you say is something you learned about yourself throughout that journey? I definitely learned that I had a lot of because part of my qualification in coaching. I had to be coached as well. And through coaching, I discovered so much about myself that I didn't know was there. Um, and for me, I even though I had 
you know, confidence issues, body image issues. I just felt like most people probably do, you know, this, you know, this is, it's not great, but I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know the root of it. I didn't know how negatively I was speaking to myself on a consistent basis. I didn't know the core belief that I held about myself. I just thought, yeah, I don't really like my body. I don't really like, that's what I thought. I didn't, be, I didn't know the core belief was that whole thing of not enoughness, not skinny enough, not experienced enough, not this, this, this. And in doing so, I would always um, chase, I would always want to do, do, do. I, I wanted to do, do, do. And there's nothing wrong with doing. I think that doing is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> However, I would never focus on the being. I would think everything was external outside of myself. If I get this job, then I'll feel happy. If I start a business, then I'll feel fulfilled. If I do this, then I will. If this, then I will be. But actually, it comes down to not chasing the doing in order to feel enough, but to know within you that you are enough. And from that enoughness comes and flows the doing. So you know that because you're worthy, because you're passionate, because you're called for this. Therefore, this is what my doing flows out of, inspired action rather than that obligated action in order for me to now feel what I think it's going to bring me. So I didn't know I had all of this underneath the surface. So that's definitely something I I um, I found out about myself because I was quite a perfectionist and also quite a, I was always striving for the next thing Mm. always striving for the next thing I thought it was a good thing don't get me wrong it is it's it's good to strive but I didn't know that it was rooted in a place of not enoughness so I always needed to do more to be more to achieve more and hopefully in the back of my subconscious was because then that will make me feel you know good enough experienced enough does it enough you know, so that was where for me, I was like, wow, I didn't know most of my doing was coming from that core belief, that core belief I held that I wasn't, you know, those things external to me will make me enough. Right, right. And that's, that's so powerful, because, you know, I myself have, I've been always an, an, a very ambitious person. Mm-hmm. And by nature, a perfectionist, a, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the passion that I have within. Th- these are all great things. However, exactly like you said, when you realize where they're rooted in, you know, you, you begin to think, okay, so the next, you know, if, if I get this job, I will be, I will then be so happy. All Mm -hmm. I need is this job. All I need is to move here. All I need is, you know, you're, you're always like, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? What do I need to feel this or to be this? And when it's Mm -hmm. rooted in that way, that's where ambition isn't healthy per se, because now you've defined ambition and defined Mm -hmm. yourself as I'm not enough where I am. So in order to be enough, I have to achieve all of these different things and be this person. And what you find is that a lot of people will just continue their life doing that. And they'll just be search. It's almost like this constant Mm -hmm. searching where nowhere are they feeling okay with the person they are. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between that and a difference between 
yes, being ambition in a healthy, ambitious in a healthy way where you're passionate about the things that you want, you're, you know, you've, you've developed a sense of, okay, this is, this is what, you know, I want to do. This is my life's calling. And, but when you root it with that, you are enough, as you said, you know, you're not on the search to be or feel better. Mm -hmm. You're now, that search is you developing your passion and your project just in a stronger way. And you're not searching for what's going to make you you personally feel better because I think sometimes that even has an impact on how you help others because if it's rooted in a place of I'm not enough or you know I need this to feel this it will definitely I think have a negative impact on how you are going to Mm -hmm. reach the people you want to reach and impact the people you want to impact yes a hundred percent and we can get into a place where we require people to be a certain way in order us to for us to feel a certain thing so for example because we mentioned relationships before when we have that that need to kind of be to feel all those things that we need to feel in order to feel enough we can require that from someone whereas we don't really know about the value and the worth that we hold within ourselves mm, and yes. i think that that's the difference because all of these things aren't bad you know being ambitious striving for more being in yeah. relationships and all these things you know they're be- they're beautiful things but it's that core belief and the 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 thing that's driving us to it so i mm-hmm. the, i always say it's not the why it's the what no, sorry. It's not the what. It's the why. The other way around. Yeah. It's not the what. It's not what you do. It's just why you do it, right? Why so you do someone it. Yes. could be doing exactly the same thing, but have a whole different intention or a reasoning behind it. And and mm-hmm. coming back to that thing about you know always striving for something to make us feel a certain way. One thing that really helped me was starting to understand that and really grasping into this fact that life is a journey. There's no Mm -hmm. necessary destination where it's all going to come together. And, you know, what what it is, is every stepping stone is an important stepping stone towards where you're headed anyway. So even if right now you feel like I'm in a place where I'm not where I want to be and, you know, okay, so these stepping stones that you're now taking in the future, you will be able to look back and see, right, I understand now why you know, I, I went through that or why I, I was there in that point in, in my life. Because I think when you think of life as a journey, you don't put so much pressure on each step of it. You think to yourself, okay, I know where I'm heading. I, I believe I'm going to get there because a lot of the times when I'm working with women and coaching them, it's about a goal that they have or something that they're struggling to make progress in. And because they're struggling to make progress in it and they're not reaching that goal, they're now identifying with that thing of I'm rubbish you know I can't even do this I can't even do that I'm here and I should be there and not enjoying the The journey journey. so on the way to where you're going you have a destination a a vision for where you're heading but you understand that I, I, I also need to bring those feelings of happiness joy fulfillment enoughness mm-hmm. on the way to where I'm going. And that's the difficult part rather than thinking yes. when I get there at that destination, then all those things are going to be waiting for me and I can now receive them. If you can't receive them on the journey, that that destination that you think is the final destination is not going to bring it to you because you haven't mm. been able to receive them 
in general. So, so that being, we, we haven't learned to be those things and to understand we are those things. So even when we reach the destination that we think is going to bring us that relationship that we think is going to bring us these things, that belief system, the core belief still is, is not rooted in that belief that we are those things. So they're not, we're not going to feel those things no matter where we end up, you know? So for me, it was definitely a thing of working on the being while doing who am I being? Exactly. I think it almost goes into, um, you know, that sense of when we talk about gratitude and appreciating, you know, like you said, every stepping stone along the way, because I, I think there is no, like, just as you said, there is no point of destination where it's like, okay, if I reach this certain thing, I I am now complete. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we chase that idea is where we never feel that happiness and we don't get to enjoy the journey. We aren't grateful for the experiences. We lose a lot of, you know, that that richness that we're we're supposed to be developing and going through and soaking in and and all of that good stuff to get mm-hmm. to, you know, where we want to be or where we see ourselves like you said that vision. Um and mm-hmm. and I think it's important to appreciate every little step along the journey. I mean, there's so many different transitionary periods in life, no matter what you do, whether it is relationships, whether it is career, whether it is, you know, a passion project of yours or whatever it is you're pursuing. There's so many different things along the way that are going to build you and mold you and help you and get you to the next step. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. the said destination. It's just the next step, the next, you know, yeah. experience, the next, you know, you know, maybe, maybe it's like, it's kind of like the journey is filled with little stepping stones and then there's bigger stones and then you get through that one and then you're on to the next little stepping stones and then you get to a bigger one. You know, it's like, it's just always the next step or the next, you know, experience, the next, um, you know, thing that you have to go through. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important to just soak all of that up and all of the experiences. There's something that I said in another um, episode where I said, looking at challenges almost as opportunities. And I think, you Mm -hmm. know, when you, when you begin to really do that and you sit back and go, okay, whoa, hold on. (laughs) What can I learn here? What can I take away from this? What is this, you know, curveball or, you know, obstacle in front of me? What, yes, it's stressful or yes, it's difficult or yes, it's, it's something that I really have to strive through or figure out or whatever the case is, but what can I bring out of this? What can I learn out of this? Where is my opportunity in this situation? And I think when we begin to change our thinking in that way too, we look at challenges as opportunities. We look at them as, okay, this is, this is a a time for me to, um, see what I'm made of or see, you know, how I can get through this and, and maybe something Mm -hmm. beautiful. And oftentimes it always is something beautiful that ends up coming out of it. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And when you were saying that, I was thinking about another thing, which is detachment and, um, acceptance. So (laughs) when we go through things that weren't exactly part of the plan, or it wasn't exactly how we had it in our head, especially as, you know, perfectionists, for example. Um, right. You know, <laughs> it's hard for us at times to accept 
what is. And when mm-hmm. I say that, I don't mean relinquish any form of control of being able to change it going forward or you know be able to have the power to change it and see where you want it to be when it comes to where we are right now this is the thing we cannot beat ourselves up for where we are in this in this moment Mm -hmm. once you begin to have that radical acceptance of what just is doesn't matter if you try in your head to reverse time and if only a year ago I went to this college instead of this college and if only I a year ago I did this or if only last month I it's right now no matter how many times you think of that in your head you cannot reverse or go back and that's okay it's absolutely fine mm-hmm. once you start to have that acceptance then you allow yourself to feel more joy in the present when you accept for where you are at this time but with the understanding that I can 100% achieve anything that I see for my life or create any vision that I desire for my life you can 100% do that but when you beat yourself up about where you are now you block yourself from even moving forward in a way that is productive or in a way that is beautiful because you aren't enjoying each step you're looking back to the past and not being able to accept or detach your emotions from the things that okay I I have to accept that this is where I am and this is what's happened and you know so for me personally I'm speaking and saying that and that was a big thing for me um especially as I said about perfection in perfectionism and always wanting things to kind of I think perfectionism is rooted in that trying to have control over everything and trying to control ex- yeah, how, okay if this happens this happens you know absolutely and it's, it's like an illusion yes. because even though we we can control ourselves how we think and our mind and those kind of things we can't control every single situation that that could potentially occur mm-hmm. so yeah for me learning the art of attachment and still um detachment sorry and still continually learning that has been helpful for me to have more joy in the present yes absolutely and i think it's it's exactly what you said with people i mean i think people in general but specifically people who class, who who consider themselves perfectionists like me like you <laughs> you know i i think you kind of develop these I would say these these controlling habits, and it could be very well, and most times it is rooted from in any experience or situation where you didn't have control. So it develops from mm-hmm. that, and you think even again going back to it's not like a present thought; it's more so subconsciously you are trying to perfect every situation, everything, every you know movement you make, and mm-hmm. you know, and in doing that you are in a sense trying to achieve this sort of control over every outcome or every thing. And life just is not like that. Mm-hmm. Life is <laughs> is beyond anyone's control of what's going to happen. I, I mean, mm-hmm. anything at any point can happen to anyone anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter how perfect you try to make a certain thing or grow a certain business or, you know, you are not going to have control over every single situation. You're not going to have control over people, you know? So it's, I think it's learning that about ourselves as we've done and saying, okay, you know, in a way that perfectionist 
it, it type of being, I think it works in a healthy way in certain things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm very organized or I'm meticulous in the way I produce certain content and do certain things. So that kind of translates into a positive on how I'm able to be successful in different areas career wise. But you know, it's almost that that balance, that give and take. I have to kind of pull back and remind myself, okay, Jess. Well, in this situation, it you know, it's not it's not you know building a a schedule or a plan. This isn't mm-hmm. that kind of situation. It's time to step back a little bit. You know, get let go of the reins a little bit because you don't have this situation completely figured out. We have to roll with the punches here. We have to be flexible. You know, having these conversations mm-hmm. with yourself where yeah. you're just like, okay, let's see, let's regroup, let's let's scale back here. You know, exactly. I I definitely think personally, for me, my perfectionism was rooted, and for a lot of people, actually, in the fear of judgment and. Even for me, I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, I just want everything to be perfect. But right. in trying to be perfect, in my head, it was the ability to bypass judgment. Because if something's perfect, then no one can judge it or have any negative opinion on it or any negative feedback about it. And learning to, you know, it's, it's that fine balance of understanding that I can control how I how I uh, react to things. I can control the mindset that I have. I can work on that, those, the beliefs that I have. But understanding that detaching from the things that you can't control, that are out of your control and being okay with those, but working on the things that you can control and understanding where this fear of failure or not being perfect might be stemming from in order to move forward in a way that is that serves you better really yes so it's definitely important to discuss the successes but it's also important to talk about those challenges that we face you know when things come our way the curveballs that come that we're not prepared for ready for because i think any time a challenge presents itself you're never necessarily ready to, mm. you know, get through it. Um, you just have to, you kind of just see what you're made out of. So, you know, the ability to overcome challenges is what I believe sets us up for true success. So what would you say your biggest challenge has been that you faced building grow? For me, I, at the first, so at the beginning, I started off um, grow without, really any any funding any like those kind of things were challenges for me because I had this vision and I didn't really know how to implement how to implement it and um it was difficult getting I, I would say certain people to could see your vision and certain people weren't now for me my challenge was having um being able to kind of articulate my vision in a way that was because I'm not a I'm not a salesperson or I'm not you know like I'm not someone who can like pitch and be like right, this right. is the plan this is the idea da, 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 at, at the beginning so for me I think that my uh, one of my biggest challenges at the beginning was really like the confidence to to know that I can create this vision and I can make it everything that I want I think I went into it knowing that I had this vision but still kind of holding on to a few of those beliefs that maybe 
you know, maybe it's not going to be what you want it to be. And people aren't really, you're, you're, you're having difficulty getting funding. You're having difficulty articulating. You're having difficulty pitching yourself. You're having, like, you're just rubbish, <laughs> you know, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're doing it alone, yeah. I think for me, because, you know, at the beginning, it's just me with this plan and like a few people who were sort of there as well, but it was mainly me and I never was, you know, in my old jobs, I was never a manager. I was never, you know, I was never in charge. So I guess those are the challenges, finding your place, finding yourself, Mm -hmm. because one thing that running my, you know, running this project is of running my own business has, has been about is me finding my identity and my place within everything that I'm doing and finding that inner voice and following my intuition rather than my ego. That for me, big challenge, because again, the ego is something that people think is people who are overconfident. That's what an ego is. But no, we all have an ego and we have our inner true self. Mm -hmm. And and right. to follow, for me, the, the any voice that's telling you that people are going to judge you or, the, you know, you're not doing it good enough and all that, that's the ego. Because when it comes from the true highest self, you, there's a part within us, that true self within us that knows what our purpose is, that, that leads by intuition, that leads from worthiness, that leads from enoughness and all those things. Whereas the ego is the thing that kind of tells you all those things that you're not doing and you're not doing good enough. So I think for me, it was that battle between my inner truth and my inner voice and the ego Mm -hmm. and trying to find my place within that and my identity within that as I built um, what I wanted to build. And as I stepped into a new, a new, a new part of myself, which was like taking the lead and, you know, those kind of things. So for me, yeah, I think that was more the challenges that I've been through in this journey. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's exactly what I was saying earlier where, you know, challenges when you when you face them, you're oftentimes not ready for them. And I think when you talked about and you mentioned, you know, you were never a manager, you, you know, so you're all of a sudden just what we were, we've been saying earlier where, you know, all of these thoughts st- sort of flood into your brain that say like, you're, you can't do this. You're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to, <laughs> you know, manage. You don't know how to run something. What you, you know, and you're sitting there going <laughs> like, but I can do it, you know, <laughs> but I think I can do this. And then eventually you, you, you get, you know, to this point where you're like, you know what? No, I, I will do this you know, and, um, and I think that's powerful when we get there. So what impact have you personally seen grow have on young women? Well, we, I I guess with grow, I, a lot of the times with what I do, I like it to first of all, be data backed up by data. So, you know, before, before the program where they're at with their confidence, their body image, their vision for their life, and and then revisiting it at the end and seeing the growth. Um, so that's more like the data side, but in terms of what I have seen from these, these girls is first of all, the power of community, the power of sisterhood and the power, honestly, this for me has been, cause I, within the program, we bring in a lot of guest speakers and I've really seen the power of people's stories. To me, that has been one of the most inspiring and empowering 
aspects of the project, having women come in and tell their stories, different women from different backgrounds, different experiences, different cultures, and their journey to self-love, their journey of self-development, the things that they've experienced, that those girls in that room feel that they're alone in. They feel that no one else has experienced this. They feel that they are doing it all by themselves. And when they hear as someone who who experienced similar things to them and overcame them or even are vulnerable enough to say, I still work through this, you know, I'm not perfect. And Mm -hmm. that giving them that permission to accept themselves as they are, I think that's been so powerful, the impact that I've seen in the girls in in terms of how they've been inspired because after, after hearing from some women, they'll come to me and be like, wow, when she said this, that really helped me. And, you know, those things. And the other part of um, what I think has definitely been, um, I've seen a change is we really work on how you speak to yourself, what the things are that you are saying to yourself. So we have intentional positive affirmations and intentional thoughts that we work towards becoming more natural for us because we can either subconsciously sabotage ourselves through our thoughts or intentionally raise ourselves up. And I think a lot of times people, and trust me, I was one of them who thought, what is the point of affirmations? Really, what I'm going to say this and I'm going to all of a sudden be empowered. But really and truly, the choice is, you know, subconsciously beating yourself up or intentionally raising yourself up. And it's, it's it, you you have to believe, have some belief behind what you're saying. And once you do that, you can bring the emotions and the feelings into it and 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 develop a new thought, new thought p- p- patterns. And I've seen that in the girls, obviously, you know, throughout the program, because it's a six month program, we see the development, we see the step, but this is a lifelong journey, you know, yes. self-development and self-love. It doesn't end after six months. It's something that you continuously have to work on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and it's it's so funny because, you know, we talked about how the brain is very much doing these sort of uh, mental exercises is, is an exercise. It's a it's a practice. It's a it's a state of intentionally trying to change where you've seen yourself for so long or you've told yourself these things for so long. And you may experience moments where you mm. resort back, you know, where you go back and you you begin to think mm-hmm. those same things. So it's it, it's 100% a journey. It isn't, you know, in terms of, of self-love yeah. and, and, you know, doing these affirmations and doing the work to, to change where your mindset has, you know, told you you are who you are and, and restructuring that. It's always a journey. It never stops. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you said. It's not like six months later, you're like, yay, I'm healed, I'm exactly. done. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it completely continues um, throughout your life. And as new experiences, not only are the past ones, are you working through the past ones, but as new experiences arise and come up, you are faced with what what those experiences are going to tell your mind as well, you know, what, yeah. what they're going to say about you. I think it's important to just be to, to through the journey to to practice non-judgment so that we are judging ourselves through the whole process and and really being kind to ourselves. That's a concept yes. that a lot of people, you know, don't quite get. 
be be kind to yourself yeah you're not where you want to be yeah you want to you wish you loved yourself more and you believed in yourself more but you being mad now that you don't isn't going to help <laughs> you know isn't going to help you <laughs> right, right. to love yourself more so it's about really being kind and thinking how would what would I say to a friend if I wouldn't speak to a friend or someone right. I cared about or loved in the way that I'm speaking to myself why is it okay for me to to say these things to myself whereas I wouldn't expect anyone first of all to say those things to me and also I would never in a million years think to say those things to somebody else so mm -hmm. it's really getting that awareness am I right. being kind to myself right now no, I'm not. And how can I work to be kinder to myself and not so judgmental on myself all the yes. time? Yes. So on a digital coffee date, uh, we talk about this current societal shift where more and more women are united and speaking out about things that we deserve, speaking up against major injustices. So I think we've, you know, covered that how <laughs> your platform actually contributes to, to this conversation because, you know, in talking about the impact that your, uh, your organization has on young women, uh, is really contributing to that. You know, you're, you're basically helping women to restructure how they view yourself, how they view themselves. And in turn, you know, I think that this sets them up for success in, in different areas of their lives. Yeah. And that's exactly my, my hope and my vision and what excites me seeing girls go forth and go for things, speak out, speak your truth, you know, understand what you desire, understand what you, your place in this world and know that you have a seat at the table and take it with pride. What you have to say is valuable and valid and no one should ever make you feel differently. And for me, that that ex ignites my soul, you know, seeing girls and women go for the things that they desire and also just no longer say that I don't have a voice or I am not worthy enough to stand up and speak my truth. Once you begin to speak that truth, because every single one of us have a God-given truth within us that only us only we can express in a way that is unique to us, whether it be speaking it out loud or writing it down on a blog or anything that is part of your life's purpose. It's unique to you. And the world is missing out if you don't actually go there and give it to the world as you, sh as you should and as you deserve to because it's unique to you and the world needs it, no matter what it is. And we don't all have to be people that, you know, stand up on platforms and and speak out our truth. It can be in different ways that we're seeing what the world needs and where I stand in the gap, you know, where right. everyone has that, that thing that they can stand in the gap for what the world needs, whatever that is in that unique way that is special to you. And there's a you that the world needs that someone else won't be able to bring in the way that you can bring it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you like to see for the future of Grow and your keynote speaking and coaching? Where what, what do you see for the future? My vision for the future is to make it 
international, you know, grow. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have, you know, different, grow in different places. You know, at the moment it's London based and just expanding it so that I can reach even more girls. Um, and for my coaching, just to continue to really empower women and see the impact because I see everything as coll- collateral beauty. So if you're able to impact one person, they can then impact another person and then it goes on and on and on. Yes. So for me, my desire is that I develop I, whatever I'm bringing to this world through grow and through coaching is creating collateral beauty so that the life that I didn't directly impact, I did through someone that I impacted before. So yeah, just developing grow, making it international and um, continuing in my coaching so that I can just work with even more women. I'm I'm wanting to go um, develop some online courses and things like that as well. So yeah, moving with the times, you know. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I love one-to-one coaching, but um, it would also be great to move even more digital as well. That's wonderful. So if someone wants to connect with you, what is the best way to go about that? So I'm quite active on Instagram. So that's Cara Jane Lynch. That's literally just Cara Jane Lynch on Instagram. And then also um, I have LinkedIn. And those are really the main ones that I'm most active on, I'd say. So uh, I always like to close our digital coffee dates with advice or words of wisdom. So what would you tell a woman who is currently struggling with feeling worthy, you know, not having the confidence to really pursue her dream or a particular goal that may be on her heart? I would encourage her to really delve into that belief, write down what the the underlying belief is and really question, is it true? Is this belief that I hold that's making me feel unworthy, is it true? And how would I be, who would I be if I did not hold this belief? And in doing so, you start to really question what you're believing about yourself. And the other thing that I would say is to really get into your intuition. (laughs) I love this word, but really because the intuition doesn't lie. So whatever you have in your heart to do or to pursue, trust and believe that if it's in your heart to do it, you have all the tools to complete that thing because it wouldn't be in your heart. It wouldn't be something that you have like a burning desire to do if it wasn't actually something that you had the tools and the skills within you to go after and achieve. So I would say that unworthiness, just really sit in silence, sit with yourself. What is the belief that I'm holding? Is it true? Break it down. Who would I be without this belief? And then, yeah, just getting really clear on who you are really through your intuition, your inner self. And also be kind. I'd say be kind. Ultimately, that's the that's the key thing. Be kind to yourself. Yes, absolutely. Well, Car, it was so incredible having you on the show today and learning all about your powerful mission and what you're doing in the UK. We truly look forward to seeing the incredible impact you continue to make. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to The Digital Coffee Date, where inspiration ignites meaningful action. Be sure to visit thedigitalcoffeedate.com to sign up for your free membership where you can go beyond our digital coffee dates and discuss episode topics on our growing digital community.